Today we're talking about Christmas in the eyes of a child. Uh, I'm really excited about Christmas this year because, you know, Bennett is now four years old. And uh, at four years old, uh, that's an exciting time for Christmas. There's a lot of excitement and anticipation on his part. Uh, It's that age where you can't put presents under the tree uh, before Christmas because they would not remain uh, wrapped Right. See, when 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 Bennett was younger, like one, you know, one and two years old, Christmas was still fun. We loved it, but he didn't get it. Right. Like the, his first Christmas, he was six months old, and so you know, it's like, all right, here's stuff. And so, uh, and when they're when they're like under two, you can go Christmas shopping with them in the cart, um, because they don't remember what in the world you just purchased. And the next time they see it, it's going to be brand new. So Christmas shopping with kids, it's exciting. Or Christmas with kids, it's exciting. It's fun. You get such a sense of, let's do this, right? It's like yesterday, I was disappointed. I was so disappointed. Uh, I, was, I was running an errand, and when, I, when I, I got home, Heather told me that Santa Claus had come down our street. Now, I did, is, do, do they do this all over New Jersey? Okay, so fire trucks, police, do they do it just, is it, when, do they, is, the first, is it the first snow in December, or is it, is it, do they just, what's that? According, every town does it different. Okay, well, well Santa's got to get around, so uh, that makes sense. So, but I missed it. I missed it, because, but it's fun. It's exciting. Christmas with kids is just, it's a blast. I don't know about your family when you opened up presents. Uh, Heather's family, when they would open presents, they would do it one at a time, right? So, uh, like, one person at a time. So, like, uh, her mom would open a present, and everyone would watch, and then her dad would open a present, and everyone would watch, and they'd go all the way around the circle. My family, it was open them as fast as you can, uh, and then take the wrapping paper and throw it at each other. Uh, and so that's, and so if you did not get your paper, your, your, your presents unwrapped quickly, you'd more than likely got a wrapping ball, uh, wrapping paper ball to the head uh, before you were uh, ready for it. And so that was always a fun thing. Every family does things a little bit different. So it'll be exciting to see uh, how Bennett does it. And uh, I'm sure every parent has experienced this when you've spent uh, a fair amount of money getting new presents for kids and you're just so excited for them to see all this stuff and they want to play with the box. Kids can find something to do in big things and little things. A box could be just as fascinating. Have you ever been at a big event? You know, we we, 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 took, we took Bennett to Disney World uh, in September, and Disney World's got tons and tons of stuff, right? It's exciting. It's fun. Uh, and he was just as fascinated with the bugs on the ground as he was anything else. It, it's, it's not that the, the rides weren't spectacular. It's not that the rides weren't amazing. It wasn't, it's, it's not that the bugs were all that special. What it is is that everything is exciting when you're young. Everything has a sense of newness and wonder and excitement about it. It's, it's so easy uh, to lose that as we get older. Like when we are listening to the story about Jesus here, did, did you catch it? How many times did it say an angel came? It's like five times in that story. An angel came. You know, that story is so familiar, it's easy for us to overlook the significance of the supernatural events. I don't know about you, I have never seen an angel with my eyes. But in one story of the Bible, we see five different occurrences where an angel came. And when we look at it in Luke chapter 2, you can turn there if you want, there's there's several significant times that we see there that the, the angels came. 
and did something amazing. And here's the thing I want us to understand. Christmas is a wonderful time. It feels, it, it feels exciting. It feels fascinating. Watching the kids, their eyes light up. How many of you, do you enjoy going around to look at Christmas lights? Yeah, and the kids just, just fascinated, fascinated. We had a couple of places in Virginia, a couple of places when we lived in San Diego that were huge lights, just huge light displays. We did one last year in Virginia. It was Christmas on the beach, and they had taken the boardwalk in Virginia Beach, and they'd done all these different uh, lighting figures and figurines. It was a mile, two miles of lights. It was, it was just, but the, the, the most fun part of it for me was watching Bennett. That's, that's always fun to do while you're driving, uh, watching people and uh, watching lights too. But that was the exciting thing for me. I love watching a kid's face light up. Because suddenly they see something new. You know, you, you've heard that phrase, it's like a kid in a candy store. How long, have you felt, how long has it been since you felt like a kid in a candy store? We can take you to a candy store. I'm, I'm sure there's some around here. Maybe we, may, another phrase could be like a dad in a donut shop. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we go with that. When we, when we look in Luke chapter 2, I just wanted to highlight a couple of things here. We're not going to read the whole chapter. Actually, Luke chapter 1. We see Mary. We see Mary in verse 26. She's greeted by an angel. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greeting, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. If I was greeted by an angel, I think I might be a little more worried than just about the words. There's an angel here in this presence. She was greatly troubled, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has said, who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from the Lord will ever fail. I love Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Just imagine that moment being confronted with an angel in your house. How unexpected that would be. How shocking that would be. I thought about it in the same context, in the same story, with the shepherds. In Luke chapter 2, and verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living on the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will, be a, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. 
Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom his favors rest. When the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Just imagine that moment. The supernatural experience of angels appearing. The choir appearing on the hillside to shepherds. Mary's response was, I am your servant. What did the shepherd? The shepherd's response was, let's go to Bethlehem and see what's going on. Here's the reality. Supernatural activity creates wonder. Supernatural activity creates wonder. Wonder When something spectacular and supernatural happens, we want to come see what God is doing. How many of you remember the Brownsville revival of the late 90s? It drew thousands and thousands of people. And there have been many other revivals around the country and around the world that have had that same impact. There's, that's why certain evangelists and preachers are so, have such a strong following because supernatural activity follows their ministry. And when supernatural activity happens, people want to come see what God is doing. So supernatural activity creates wonder. The, 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 the shepherd said, let's go see what's happening. Mary said, I am your servant. It's kind of a natural outflow of a supernatural event when something miraculous happens. Sometimes that's what it takes for some of us to get excited about what God's doing. We have to see something big. We have to see something amazing. It's like the, like the uh, not the shepherds, like the magi in Matthew chapter 2. Now there's a lot of conjecture about how the... Uh, the, the wise men found the star. Now, we're all familiar, the, the picture we had up before, where the star was over the, uh, the stable where, they were, where, where Jesus was born. And we, we've seen that. We've seen many a movie, right, where the, uh, the, the, the wise men, they're in the nativity scene. I don't, yeah, they're in our scene over there. Uh, we don't know when, when they arrived. We're thinking it was, Jesus was probably not still in the stable, actually. Jesus was probably about two years old. Uh, when he got there. But there's a lot of conjecture as to how the wise men found the star. There's some that think the wise men, they were just astrologers or astronomers, and they were looking for a sign, and that's the way they saw it. There, there's, there's those that think there were prophecies that they were they're waiting to be fulfilled. You know what? The reality is there's a lot of different interpretations, and I'm not sure, and uh, those that write commentaries aren't sure either, how they actually came to see the star. There's been those that have tried to explain it as they saw a star in the sky and just followed it to make it an everyday occurrence. It was really, they kind of said, they're they're probably astronomers, and so it just makes sense that they would have seen the star. When you look at what it says in in Matthew chapter 2, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. They saw the star. They came to worship him. Now, personally, I think it was a, a supernatural event. I don't think it was just a regular star. 
I don't think it's just a regular star. Because if you jump down to verse 9, it says, After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And actually, some translations, here's, here's another translation. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Here's why I think it's important that we remember the star being a supernatural event and not just something that happened when astronomers of the day were looking at the, at the, at the sky. Because when it seems like something can be easily explained, we can miss the miraculous. There's a lot of times people want to try and explain away a miracle of God. They want to explain away something spectacular. They want to explain away something amazing. And they would rather say, no, this is why that happened. And when you do that, it becomes easy to miss the miracle that God did. So that's why I'm, I'm not in favor of the, uh, those that believe it was just a, a, a super, not a supernatural, a, a celestial event that the wise men saw. But even if it was, I thought I'd, I'd help us uh, put a little perspective on if it was just a celestial event that happened. How many of you like astronomy? Anybody? we got a couple that like astronomy. Um, Heather will tell you every now and then I get a little, little funny. There was a, a, a rocket launch about a year ago that we went out to see that you could see it with the naked eye. I don't own a telescope or anything. But like the, the, the solar eclipse, I was very excited about the solar eclipse. Uh, then the, the International Space Station passed low enough over the Earth about two weeks ago that you could actually see it. It looked like a star, but it was moving, it was moving so fast that it, it went from one horizon to the other in seven minutes, which is really, really fast. But in the context of talking about the wise men seeing the star, I thought I'd share some, some facts about astronomy that might help us put in perspective how spectacular and how amazing this star would have to be to grab their attention. All right, so let's give this a little perspective. So here we go. Uh, here, here are our planets to give some size perspective. Now, we're all familiar here. Here, we'll, we'll be in full on professor mode. We're familiar with this one right here, right? right, that right there. That's Earth, right? We, we know Earth. Now, we understand that uh, Pluto, Pluto over here, it's no longer a planet. But for, for old time's sake, let's just leave it up there, right? Uh, we're just going to keep it up there. Now, when we look at Mercury, which Mercury is the middle one right here, Mercury is it's not that big in comparison to Earth, right? It's about 11% the size of Earth. It's just a little under 5,000 miles in diameter. Now, Mars, Mars right here, it's also a small planet. It's a small planet, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's about 11,000 miles around. 11,000 miles around. Earth is much, much larger than that, isn't it? Much larger. It's like uh, I, I, the, the last count, I've got one, I've got a couple of variations, but it's about 13,000 miles around. It's about 13,000 miles around. Uh, that's huge in comparison to Pluto and Mercury, right? Earth is huge in comparison to Pluto and Mercury. Mercury. Now let's look at the next slide. The next slide is when we start getting big. All right, so now here's Jupiter. Jupiter, the largest planet, right? Now look at Earth. Earth just is tiny. Earth's tiny. And Pluto, Pluto is just a dot. Pluto is just a dot. Now, if you're having a hard time seeing Pluto, don't feel bad. It's getting bad. Neptune, 
Neptune, which is right here, Neptune and Uranus are almost the same size. Neptune is 30,000 miles in diameter. 30,000 diameters in miles. You could fit 57 Earths inside of Neptune. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uranus is about the same size. It's like 31,000 miles. Saturn, the second largest planet. Now, we all know Saturn. Now, this one doesn't have rings on it, but that's okay. That's okay. Saturn has a diameter of 74,000 miles. Jupiter is the largest planet in our solar system, and it is 11 times the size of Earth and has a circumference of 88,000 miles. You could put 1,300 Earths inside of Jupiter. That's pretty big. That's pretty big, yo. Uh, I I don't think that we could um, fit Jupiter here in this church. Uh, it's, It's a big place. Now, let's get another perspective. Let's go to the next slide. There's the sun. There's the sun. This little dot right there, right over there, that's Earth. The sun, the sun is 864,000 miles around. It's huge. It's huge. Now, I understand we're talking about big numbers, but you could put over 30, I'm sorry, you could put 1.3 million Earths into the sun. Now, you'd have to, like, crush them up and pour them in, but... That's what you would do. That's, that's amazing. Now, that's pretty big. Now, you understand, this is big stuff, right? These are huge. Let's look at the next slide. Okay, so here are some stars in the Milky Way. There's, there's the sun. There's the sun. The sun is enormous. It's 93 million miles away from our planet. 93 million miles away from Earth. And light travels at 186,000 miles per second. So if the sun went out right now, it would take us eight minutes to realize it. Now, Uranus is so far away from the sun that if the sun went out, it would take 4.6 light hours. Think about that. Light hours for, the, for Uranus to know. It's, it's amazing. Now, you can see a little dot of the sun. It's these, now, these are visible stars in our sky at night. The big one we see, the big one we see is uh, Antares. Actually, that's the next slide. Let me see the, the next slide. Here's Antares. This is the biggest, this is a big star we see in the sky. This is the 15th brightest star in the sky at night. But if you look, the sun is right here, and it's just one pixel big. It's, one, it's, just, it's so small, you can't even see it. You can't even see it. That gives you an idea of how big these heavenly bodies are. And, and Terry's is the 15th brightest star in the sky. That's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. Now, I want us to look at this next picture. This is the Milky Way. How many, not the candy bar, right? This is not the candy bar. This is Milky Way. The Milky Way, and we're, we're somewhere like around here, okay? Uh, but the sun's not even visible at this size. But I want us to get a perspective on how big the heavens really are. And this next slide gives us an idea. This is a picture from the Hubble Space Telescope. In this picture, there are 3,000 different galaxies. Okay, this is a real picture. This is just one little sliver of the sky. In order to get the entire sky into a picture, the Hubble Space Telescope would have to take 
27,000 more pictures. You understand when we talk about the galaxy, when we talk about the sky, when we talk about space, it's enormous. It's enormous on how huge it is. There's 3,000 galaxies in the Milky Way. The Milky Way is 100,000 light years wide. Light years. Now, you might say, Pastor Spencer, what's your point? What's your point? Well, I want to give us a perspective on things when we start talking about what God has done with the simple act of moving a star. Simple act. Here's what Psalms 19.1 says. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hand. It's so easy for us to lose perspective. It's so easy to lose perspective on the size of what God has done and is doing that we take it for granted. Listening to the story of Jesus' birth, we can so easily overlook the fact that in that story, five times an angel appears. We become so familiar with that story that we miss the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin. The Holy Spirit caused that to happen. We can take it for granted. That's the exciting thing about kids. Kids don't take it for granted. They don't take things for granted because so many things are new to them. How many of you have kids that get excited when you say, hey, we're going to go to McDonald's? Woo-hoo! They get excited. Why? Because it's new and fresh, and it's really not. They're excited about things. They're excited about the bugs on the ground. They're excited about fireworks. They're excited about little things. Here's the thing that I love about kids. They see spectacular things in big and small. And when we see God in things big and small, we can see them with wonders. Now, here's a great picture. I love kids. Uh, I, was a, I was a children's pastor for years. Uh, I, I was a children's pastor for years, years, years. This right here is a great picture. Because this is a perfect example of how we as adults can get our perspective off. So many times we'll cut ourselves, we'll put a band-aid on it, we'll throw some neosporin on it. A few days later, our body's healed itself. And we say our body healed itself. With kids, you take that band-aid off a week later, they'll go, hey, look, God healed me. To us, it doesn't seem like a big thing because we understand how our body works, don't we? We understand that God created us or we understand that our body will knit itself together. We know that our body will fix itself, repair itself. But to kids, that we tell them God has created them and that God will heal them, they still believe that even in little healings, God has done it. Even though we know that it's our body, right? right? That's, we, we, we say, well, how cute is their faith? What's the Bible tell us? To have faith like a child. Because the child still sees the wonder in what God is doing. This next slide, this is one of my, my favorite pictures. This is my, one of my favorite pictures of Bennett. Uh, it's, a child's eyes are filled with awe and wonder. Now, this was taken about two years ago um, at Disney World. This is on It's a Small World. 
he was fascinated. He was fascinated by it. So many things are new and fresh. So many things are exciting. And it just you're filled with excitement when you see what's there. That's why a child can open a present and still play with the box, right? Because they're excited. They see the opportunity. They see things with awe and wonder. And at some point in our lives, we as adults, we stop seeing things with that same excitement. We stop seeing God in the big and the small. And this is what Psalms 38, 33, 8 says. I think we've got a slide for it. Here we go. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. God wants us to be in awe. Now, that's not the same as being shocked. That's not the same as being scared or surprised. That's not the same as being amazed at, a, at an illusion. In awe, you're taken aback at the vastness of who God is. It really is overwhelming when you think about it about how glorious God is. Think about it. It's overwhelming when you consider that the Savior of the world, God's Son, Jesus Christ, He came to earth. Do you understand what Jesus sacrificed to come? It was more than His earthly body here. The incarnation of Christ, when when Christ became flesh, became man. He had to accept becoming less. Now, he was still fully God and fully man. But you understand how much is given up. And we could take that for granted when we don't consider how glorious God is. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in all of him. When we see God in things big and small, we see God, we see the world with wonder. That's how kids see things, isn't it? Isn't it? They're excited to do the same thing over and over because they, not just because they enjoy it, because it's still exciting. It's still fun. They're still amazed by it. They don't need somebody to show off for them. They just want to experience it new and afresh. And I don't know why we lose that as adults. But we do, don't we? That's why seeing seeing Christmas with the eyes of a child is so refreshing. It's so exciting. It's so exciting because we understand that God has a glorious plan for us. That's the advantage of not being a child is that you can understand better. But sometimes our understanding leads us to stop trusting in God as much. Sometimes our understanding can lead us to not be amazed at the little mundane things. When was the last time you thanked God for the breath you breathe? Think of how glorious he created your body. So glorious. When was the last time you had to think about taking a breath? You don't have to. 
God created you in a manner so that those automatic functions, imagine if you had to think, all right, heart, time for you to go, brain, okay, lungs, time for you to, you know, pull in some air. You, that's all you'd ever do, right? That's all you'd ever do. But God created us so glorious. Thank you, God, for my body. Thank you, God, for what is just a seemingly small thing that we can take for granted. We can so easily forget the little things day in and day out that God has done for us. But when we learn to see things with wonder and awe, then we see God every day, don't we? We see God in every space in our life. We see God in every situation and every opportunity. Not that everything goes the way we think it should, but we understand God has made us glorious people. God has made us, and he's there every single moment of our life. The question is, are we looking for him? I've got, I've got a series of verses here. We're just going to go through them real quick. Uh, Matthew 9, chapter 8 says, When the crowd saw us, they were filled with awe, and they praised God who had given so much authority to men. Uh, Luke 1, it says, The neighbors were all filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Luke uh, 5, 26 Everyone, who was, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. Luke 7, 16 says, They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us. They said, God has come to help his people. Hebrews 12, 28, it says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Here's the fact of the matter. Awe and wonder leads to praise and worship. When we are in awe of what God has done, it leads to praise and worship for who God is and what he has done. I love what Psalms 8, chapter, chapter 8 says. Psalm chapter 8. Lord, O oh Lord, how majestic is your name, in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praises of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence your foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all the flocks and herds and all the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim in the path of the seas. Lord, O oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Seeing with the eyes of a child means seeing wonder in everything around you. It means that we see God in each moment. We see God in each occurrence, each instance. We see God in each step. We see God everywhere. And my encouragement to you this morning Let's strive to reignite that wonder 
in awe. Let's never take God for granted. Let's never take the miracle of his son's birth. Let's never take the miracle of us waking up in the morning for granted. God wants us to be in awe of him. God wants us to praise and to worship him. Let's look at life, not just Christmas. Let's look at life like, like a child. The faith of a child that sees God in the small things, not just the big things. Amen? Let me pray for you this morning.